Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde, entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely gonna be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life. To live your healthiest hot life. You know how they say you never forget your first? This is the first, and there is no way I'm gonna forget about it. This is the first episode of the Healthiest Odd Podcast, everybody. As you can tell with my high-pitched, squeaky voice, I am very, very excited to bring this project to life. I am, of course, Chloe Wild. I'm gonna be hosting this, and I cannot wait for you guys to dive in and join our Healthiest Hot community. If you're new to the community, hello and welcome. If you're already part of the HIH fam, I love you. Thank you so much for all of your support over the years. Um, you know, I felt like the first episode should be my story. And not because this is about me. This is actually, this project is not about me at all. It's about other people's stories. But I'm hopeful that when people come on this podcast, they feel safe. They feel that it's a safe space where they can share their stories and their journeys with health while also telling us how they got to where they are. And these guests are at amazing, incredible, aspirational places in their lives. But I think it's only fair that I share my story. You know, how can I expect people to be open if I'm not open? So we're going to do a little deep dive into my story and how Healthy is Hot came to be and, you know, what I want and hope that you guys get out of this podcast. So day-to-day job, I'm an eTalk reporter. It's an entertainment show, uh, a nationwide Canadian show that airs every night on CTV at 7. If you want to check it out, see your girl all glammed up on red carpets, interviewing actors and singers and fashion designers, anything and everything pop culture. That's what this show is about. But outside of that, I love me some Healthy is Hot. It is a digital community. We have got a team of, I don't know, 35, maybe even 40 writers that volunteer their time to write and submit articles. Yeah, you heard me right. They volunteer, which I'm still shocked with every day. I'm shocked that we've got this amazing group of people that volunteer their time in a world where no one does anything for free and I think that's just a testament to how strong and how powerful the message of Healthy is Hot is. And at Healthy is Hot we believe that health is comprised of five different pillars, each equally important. Of course we've got physical health, you know, it's going to the gym, it's getting your steps in, it's saying no to the escalator and yes to the stairs. We've got nutritional health, what you put in your body, you know, we are what we eat. Although I do love nachos and pizza and sushi and wine and tequila. So yeah, it's healthy most of the time, but we're all people. We all like to indulge. Next up, we've got mental health, which is, I don't want 
to say the most important, but I think it's the one that we need to be the most in tune with. Um, mental health, I don't even know if problem is the right word. Uh, mental health in general is something that runs really strongly in my family. So I have very close connections to mental health, whether it's depression or anxiety or borderline bipolar disorder. I have personal connections to all of this with my family. And then, you know, in my day-to-day life, I think we all know people who are struggling with mental health. And I think mental health is one of those things that really runs on a spectrum. Right now I'm in Toronto. So if you're Canadian and you're listening to this, you can definitely relate. When winter comes and those winter blues hit, seasonal affective disorder, that's a real thing. So even if you're someone who's so lucky and has their mental health on Point. We are all affected by things that affect our mental health. Um, then career health because duh, we live in a world and an environment where being overwhelmed and hustling and having at least you know one full-time job and a couple passion projects is this new norm. I don't know anyone who just has a nine to five anymore at all. Everyone my age is, they're doing their job, they got their side hustle, they've got a passion project, maybe they volunteer on a committee. So career health is super important. And then the last bucket of the healthiest hot health kind of mantra and blueprint is a bit of a, a bit of a mixture of things. It's something that is different to each individual. And that is whatever sets your soul on fire. For me right now, and it might change, it's travel. Travel is what gets me excited about life. I love the feeling of getting on a plane or hopping in a car or a train, and when you get there, you're somewhere new. There's new sights, there's new smells, new food to try, new people to meet, new cultures to learn about. But whatever sets your soul on fire could be different for you. Maybe it's sitting at home and writing a book, a novel. Whatever it is, that is an important part of health. We gotta make sure that we you know, stay in tune to whatever it is that sets our soul on fire. So that's kind of an overarching view of how we at HIH view health. It is not one thing, it is many things. And those many things are equally important to ensuring that we are striving for and living our best lives and making sure that health is a priority every single day. It is all about those little choices that add up. It's all about those little choices that add up. So where did Healthy Saw come from? I wish I could say it came from a light bulb moment that I knew I was going to turn it into a, a digital community and into a podcast and holding events. But I mean, that just sounds like it's straight out of a movie. That Life is not a movie. We all know that. So before I was in television, I was in a completely different world. And I feel like to explain where Healthy is Hot came from, we kind of got to backtrack a little bit. So I studied at McGill University. Shout out to any McGill alum out there. I did my first degree. It was a science bachelor. Um, I loved it. I really love like cognitive behavioral sciences, physiology, really into that. Graduated, thought med school was my path. So I wrote my MCATs. If you know anyone who's written the MCATs or you yourself have, you know they're fucking hard. They take everything out of you. You basically just sacrifice three months of your life to write this one exam and you put so much into it and you just really, really, really hope that you get that score so that you can actually take that next step and go to medical school. I wrote it, got my results back. They were they were okay. They were fine. I probably could have could have gotten in, maybe not my top dream school, but 
at the almost the exact time that I found out my score, I happened to be at Stanford in California with my girlfriend, Ashley, um, whose family has always been so supportive of me. And they made the introduction and hooked me up. I, they honestly hooked me up and they got me to kind of go to a mini med school where I got to follow med school students. I got to go into open heart surgery. I literally was standing over this man who just had his chest cavity wide open and the surgeons were replacing a valve. Like if I had drool coming out of my mouth, it would have fallen into this man's cavity. Thankfully, there was no fainting and there was no drooling. Although I did feel like I was gonna pass out at any minute because it's very weird. Like seeing someone's heart just beating in front of you, hella, hella weird. So amazing experience, you know, decent MCAT scores. I worked my ass off at McGill on my first degree. Things were looking like I was gonna go to med school. But for whatever reason, I just didn't feel it was the right path for me. I don't know why, and I don't know exactly like where this came from, but maybe it's because I was doing a lot of yoga at the time. I was doing an energy exchange. You know that thing where you volunteer four hours a week, you know, mopping up the sweat from the hot yoga class, and then you get to practice for free? Well, I was a broke student. I could not afford, you know, $30 drop in hot yoga classes. So I volunteered four hours a week so that I could practice. And I was practicing a lot this time. And I think it was one of the first times in my life where I was actually listening to that little voice inside my head and I feel like that little voice was getting a little bit louder and I think it was urging me into a different direction. So for the first time in my life, I stopped having this tunnel vision where it was like, you need to do something great with your life and being a doctor is great. And if you're a doctor, you'll have money to be able to live a better life and you'll be able to do something good that you can go home and be proud of. And those are true, like none, none of that is false, but for whatever reason, I wasn't as connected to those things anymore. I knew I still really wanted to help people in some way, but I wasn't as driven for the money thing. And I, I don't know, I, as you can tell, I still have a hard time articulating it. Needless to say, I did not apply to med school, but I wasn't quite ready to not be a student. So naturally, as an academic type A person at McGill, what do you do when you don't know what to do? You just start another degree. I knew I liked sciences. I knew I liked helping people. So I figured, why not go into nursing? So I go into nursing. I'm killing it because I, you know, these are first year students. I already have, you know, three years under my belt. I understand McGill's rigorous academic style and I'm doing really well. And I get through half of my degree, a year and a half of just killing it and giving my all to this program. And something happens. I, I, I just burnt out in a level and a degree that felt like I had just been hit by a truck. And every time I tried to stand up, another truck would hit me back down. So I went and saw the counseling service, their therapist, whatever you want to call it, Miguel. They've got like a really good system there. And I started seeing someone and realized I was experiencing a really bad burnout. And I think it's just because I'd never stopped. First degree, you know, always had one or two jobs while school. Summertime, always worked as many jobs as I could just to make ends meet so I could not have as much debt. And trust me, I still came out with a fuck ton of debt. And so there I was, one degree under my belt, MCAT's written, didn't go to med school, go into a second degree, high grades, great social life, and I totally burn out. It was embarrassing. My ego was so bruised. I, I felt like, why can't I do this? Like, why can't I just get up out of bed and go to school like everybody else so that I can graduate and get a job. But I, 
I couldn't ignore it anymore. I was not doing well. So January of 2013 comes and I'm officially on a sabbatical from McGill University. What was I supposed to do with my time? I didn't know how to just not be in school. I didn't know how to not study. When I would introduce myself, I'd be like, hey, I'm Chloe, I'm a McGill student. And that part of my identity was just stripped away. What am I gonna say? Hey, I'm Chloe, I'm a McGill student, but I burnt out, so I'm taking some time off. Back then, no, I felt like there was way too much stigma. So January, not in school, it's winter, it's Montreal, it's fucking depressing. And I remember sitting on the couch wearing this obnoxious pink and white polka dotted, like fluffy onesie that I just lived in. And uh, I was slipping through the channels, being so unsure of what I was doing, where I was going, what my place in the world was. And I was just crying. I was just pure, just waterfalls out of my eyeballs. And I was holding the remote control and I was flipping through the channels, not really watching anything, but just kind of like watching the channels change as I was crying. And for whatever reason, you know, I, I passed much music and I felt this urge to just listen to what the commercial was saying. And it was a commercial that would forever change my life. And all I heard from the TV screen was, do you want to be the next much music VJ? And in that moment, I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I want to do something so different. I want to put my energy into something. And that is exactly what I did. I don't know where I would be right now if I wasn't sitting on that couch at that very moment feeling so low and had I not been flipping through the channels and passed much music at that exact time and heard those exact words, I don't know where I would be. But I was there and I did hear that commercial and I did make a decision that day for whatever reason because I had no experience. Like what was I, I wanted to be a doctor. I've never wanted to be a TV host before. And so I put everything I had into absorbing much music culture, making an audition tape where I basically just showed a day in the life of me, which wasn't even that exciting because I wasn't going to school. And I made it to the next round and then I made it to the next round. And the next thing you know, I was on a plane going to Vancouver to be part of this reality show for a channel like much music. I mean, an iconic Canadian channel and they were looking for the next VJ. And for whatever reason, I felt like I deserved a place on that reality show. And so I packed up all the cute little dresses I owned and went to Vancouver on this brand new adventure. I was terrified, but I was so excited. I was excited because I felt like I had a purpose again. I was excited because I was no longer, hi, I'm Chloe. I had to take a break from school because I had burnout. I was, hey, I'm Chloe, and I'm gonna be on the Much Music DJ search. I don't know how far I'm gonna go. I might get eliminated day one, but that's what I'm doing. And I had this fire again in my belly. And the reality show was the weirdest social psychology experiment I think I've ever experienced. You're in this bubble with a group of amazing Canadians that you become friends with. You almost become a family with because you're on the road with them traveling across the country. And yet every day you're competing against them for one job. So you fall in love with people and then you compete against them. And then sometimes they have to go home the next day. It was really hard. It was really hard and it was really exciting. And during that experience, I let the stress get to me and I wasn't eating. If I ate, my stomach would hurt. 
So I, I just wasn't consuming nearly enough calories and I ended up losing so much weight. Like when I look back at some of those photos, I don't look well, I really don't look well. And the worst part is I remember feeling in that moment that I was fat. Like I remember looking in the mirror and hating everything that I was looking at. And I stopped taking care of myself. I stopped, I stopped, I, I, I don't know what happened. Looking back, I'm just like, I wanna shake that person. Be like, you can do this, give it all you got, but put some food in you, go to the gym, you know, self-care. And so we started in Vancouver, we drove across the country, and by the time we got to Ottawa, which is where my mom and my brother live, I got off the bus and there they were, mom and Dimitri holding this massive, massive, obnoxiously large sign that read Chloe for VJ. And not only that, they were wearing t-shirts with my face on it. And not even just them, the dog was wearing a t-shirt with my face on it. And I was so excited to see them. I was so excited to finally see some family and it's just to take a tiny little break from the reality show. And my mom's face went from pure excitement to pure concern. And it's a look that I will never forget. And that night when we went out to dinner, she spoke to me and she said, sweetheart, I'm really worried about you. Please you know, try to take care of yourself. And it, even saying it out loud, I'm covered in goosebumps because there was just something in her voice that made me want to be better for her and for me. And so that night I went to the hotel gym in Ottawa and I took a photo in front of the mirror and for whatever reason, I don't know where it came from. I used the hashtag healthy is hot for the first time. And it was almost like in that moment, I was making a promise to myself in a public forum like Instagram that I would strive for health. Even if I was gonna get this job in the TV industry, which can be really, really hard on your body image and your self-confidence, that regardless, I would strive for health. And that I believe that, you know what? You're super hot, you're super healthy. And let's all strive for that. So what started as a simple hashtag was selfish in a way. It was really just for me. It was a promise to myself. And what I started noticing was I would see this hashtag pop up more and more. Sometimes people would tag me in photos with the hashtag. And it felt like people were resonating with this concept that if we strive for health, we're also striving for hotness. You know what I mean? Like healthy is hot. Like I really believe that. And healthy looks different on everybody. So there's not one type of hot. There's not one type of beautiful. We are different human beings. Our bodies are different. Our basal metabolic rates are different. And that's okay. But as long as you're striving for health, that's what matters. So from hashtag to movement, I started seeing this hashtag pop up and I thought, well, maybe there's more to this. Maybe we can create an even bigger space to celebrate this notion that healthy is hot. And so the website came up. And then the website was great. It still is great. So much amazing content. Everything from trainers to physiotherapists to new moms who are trying to get back into fitness to individuals, you know, dealing with uh, different mental health issues to eating disorders to like whatever you can think of, our website has it. And because everybody volunteers their time, it's so authentic. It's so authentic. There's nothing disingenuous on that website. So check it out, healthyishot.com uh, with two T's because some asshole has the domain with just one T. So it's healthyishot.com 
with two T's. I like to say it's like healthy is hot together, you know? If you think of something cuter, let me know because I, I would like it. And I really liked having the website. But because of what I do every day in the TV industry, I know that my favorite thing to do is to be a medium for other people's stories. I love that. I love being there with someone, asking questions, following up questions, being curious because I am such a curious individual and I want to get more stories out there and I love hearing people's stories. And so that's kind of where the podcast idea came from. And it's been a grind. Like I never realized, no, I mean, I didn't realize, but scheduling them is probably the hardest thing. The people I'm trying to get are busy AF and then my schedule is all over the place. So trying to get two busy people in one room together where they feel confident and comfortable enough to share their story is not easy, but we are here. We have made it happen. People have given up their time, volunteered their time to share their stories. And I am so grateful, so grateful. And I'm looking forward to this because it's going to be a great way, I think for me, selfishly, to get through some of my issues. I still struggle with body image all the time. I still struggle with my relationship with food, like on the daily. Although today I did eat pizza for breakfast, so, you know, it's one of those days. But it's, it's I, I, I wish I could say I was like, super healthy and super confident and I'm the founder of Healthy is Hot and I got it all figured out. That is a bold-faced lie. I don't. I'm trying to figure it out every single day. Every single day is a new kind of challenge to be better than I was yesterday, to be kinder to myself. And uh, I'm, I feel like this podcast is going to be eye-opening in that regard because everyone I meet will share something and I think I'm going to get something out of every conversation, hopefully the same way you will. Because if I'm being completely honest, I like to think I got it all sorted, but issues from when I was younger are still very, they are still very much of my day-to-day life. Um, if I think back to my first food insecurity memory, gosh, I was living at home in Hudson it was probably high school. I don't remember ever feeling a way about my body in elementary school, but I think high school really, really changed that. Um, high school's rough. I, I didn't know where I fit in, so I just decided to be part of everything. I was the captain of the touch football team. I was a cheerleader. I was on the debate team because I really loved to argue when I was in high school. I was part of the leadership committee and I was a part of the yearbook committee. I was good at school, but I skipped class. Like I was just all over the place. I was just trying to figure myself out. But one thing was always constant and that was body image issues and just a really strained relationship with food. I thankfully am better now, but back then I would live on two extremes. I would binge hardcore. And when I say binge, I mean four pieces of bread for breakfast, and then I wouldn't eat all day. Or I would make an entire tray of muffins, have one, feel like shit about eating one, and the next thing you know, I've eaten six. And then I would go to the bathroom and make myself throw up. Or 
I would go running until everything hurt and tears were just coming down my eyes. I, I've always had a hard time with balance and moderation. I've always had, I don't know why. I don't know why I, I as a teenager, it was one or the other. It was black or white. It was you bring a red pepper for lunch and that's all you eat that day or you go home and you eat an entire tray of muffins and then you fucking make yourself throw up after. And in either way, either of those camps, I was filled with so much self-hatred, so much guilt, and then and then it would flip and it was this awful vicious cycle where I, I didn't know how to actually be. I only know how to, to be absolutely extreme. And because I was someone who fluctuated between binging and purging, my weight was relatively stable. If anything, I was probably a little bit unhealthy and could have you know, toned up, leaned up a little bit. And so there wasn't really ever a concern from friends or family because I was really good at hiding it. And I think that makes it even worse because when it's in private, it's you against yourself. And sometimes it's really hard to lift yourself out of that cycle. Um, and then this kind of went on, got a little bit better, but it kind of still went on till the VJ search until I finally used the hashtag healthy is hot. I still have a lot of bad thought patterns. Um, there's still a lot of guilt with food. I have to really, you know, give myself a pep talk if I know I'm going for pizza or big bowls, I don't know, nachos. I mean, no one really eats nachos in a bowl, but you know what I'm saying. And then I have to really check in with myself after to make sure that I'm not making myself feel like shit for enjoying life. We should all enjoy life. It is, we live in this beautiful place where there is great food and great experiences and wine and, and that's amazing. So now I really try to live an 80-20 life. And I think if I do 80% healthy, I gotta treat myself with that 20%. And if I stick to that, it definitely helps. I know my triggers. I know my triggers. If I put something on and it doesn't fit me well, it's all I can think about for the entire day. I wish I could say I was stronger than that. I wish I could say I didn't have this intense, almost obsession with food thought and body image thought, but it is there. It is there and I'm working on it. It is there right now as I am even saying these words. There are triggers and then there are patterns. And when there's a trigger, certain patterns arise. I know I'm not in a good place when the last thought I have before I go to bed is listing off what I ate that day in detail and trying to balance out if I worked it off. I know a trigger is affecting me when I wake up the following day and the very first thought that comes to my mind is what I ate the day before. And did I work it off? And would I be comfortable eating whatever I was planning on eating that day. When those two thought patterns come in and it's the last thing I think about before I go to sleep and it's the first thing I think about when I wake up, that's when I gotta shake that edge of sketch. I need to really, really recenter myself. I need to look at myself in the mirror. I need to say positive affirmations. I need to express gratitude out loud. I need to talk to someone about it so that I can get back to a healthy mindset so that I can take on the day because otherwise these thoughts are just like this black hole that suck everything in. So I am really proud of myself that I'm here, that I'm here in this place and I can say 
all of this out loud and not feel ashamed because I think I would feel really ashamed if I wasn't trying to be proactive on getting better, on being better, on being more open. But because I am truly trying to learn to love myself and treat my body with kindness and patience, I have pride in that. I have a lot of fucking pride in that. I work out on a very regular basis. Working out is my therapy. Working out is what makes me feel empowered and strong. And those, that endorphin rush at the end, I mean, hey, that is just a beautiful, beautiful bonus. But I am proud of how I am working. I am proud of how I treat my body. And yeah, there's days where I fall off the wagon. Actually, there's weeks where I fall off the wagon. But you know what? I get back on that wagon every single time. And that is something worth being proud of. So tell shame to go outside the window if you're struggling with something, if you need to seek help for an eating disorder or whatever it is that you may need, just know that you can get out of it. You might not be able to get out of it by yourself. You might need a friend, a life coach, a therapist, maybe even medication. But whatever it is, know that you are going to be okay. But you got to make that first step. You got to decide and look in the mirror and say, hey, I deserve better. I deserve more. And I'm going to go for it. Wasn't really expecting the conversation to go that way. But I mean, I guess that's what happens when it's just me in front of a microphone. This is why, you guys, I'm going to be the medium for other people's stories. Because if you ask me to share my story, it's just going to go in a thousand and five different directions. So I'm going to end it there. Gave you a little sneak peek into my life, all my issues. And look, let's be honest, we all have issues, but we're just, you know, one day at a time, my friends, one day at a time. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm looking around, I've got my tea here. I'm like about to board a flight in a couple hours to go to Ireland. And I'm like, I got to finish this episode, but there's so much more that I want to share with you before I let you go. But you know what? As the episodes come, you'll get a little dose of me every single time. I'm super open when I chat with people. I like when it's conversational, which means I interject personal stories quite a bit. And uh, get excited. Get ready. The guests are phenomenal. Our next guest, our first guest, is Rhea Carey, who will blow you away. So I am officially welcoming you to the Healthy is Hot podcast. This was episode one. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde, and I cannot wait for you guys to stay with us. And thank you so much for being on this journey.